Hey, this is Paulie B. You're listening to Frequency.fm. Some people call me Paul Balash. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the first recorded episode of the Frequency Podcast for 2017. Man, has 2016 flown by, Joe. I'm glad. What a lousy year. <laughs> <laughs> now, why would you say that? Oh, man. I, 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 it's been a long time since we recorded an episode, and so much has happened since the last time we recorded an episode. And I think we all kind of understand that 2016 was the celebrity death year, right? I would agree there, yes. I mean, and it's already started this year, too. What, what are you talking about? Well, I mean, there's there's been deaths since then. Well, I know. Or am I just behind the times? The now? only one I'm aware of is, um, was it Christopher, William Christopher? Guy who played uh, Father Mulcahy. Well, yeah. I'm a major mash. Well, fan, I know, so. I know. I'm not. I'm not trying to to downplay. Um, William, is it William Christopher? Is that his name? Yeah, yeah. He's Father Mulcahy from. MASH. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I saw that and I went, "Oh, geez, here we go again." But um, <laughs> thankfully, it hasn't been that way. But no, um, but I, it was like that triple threat there around Christmas time. You know, when we had um, and this just of course explains my age. You know, George Michael died on Christmas, and then Carrie Fisher, and then mm-hmm. Debbie Reynolds, and it's just like, come on. So it was, um, yeah. it was a rough way to end a year. And I found, I, man, I was happy, happy for the happy new year, but, uh, but happy new year. Yeah, <laughs> and I, well, yeah, and and I mean, I, it's showing both our age because I'm reminiscing about all the Wham songs that were, you know, on the countdowns back when I was young. And my sister had a big wham shirt she used to wear to bed every night when she was younger. And Did it say choose life? So Yes. Yeah, of course it said choose life. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I'm your and, man. Uh, <laughs> well, going back in 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 the history books, I mean, did you play wham when you're on the cruise ships? No. No, no. I was on the, the no, no. I was on the ship um <laughs> 97 to 99, so just two years. And um, so what was popular then? I mean, we were coming out of grunge. Um, yeah, grunge was kind of die- dead at that point. Now we were starting to come back to power pop, and you had Backstreet Boys um, mm. and uh, NSYNC uh, and some some good R&B, uh, Return of the Mac. Uh, I can't remember the name of the guy who did that. But I was DJing on the cruise ship for a little while, so I had to be somewhat aware of what was going on um at that point but no no wham how old do you think i am um <laughs> <laughs> well i guess because we were consumers of music back around the same time frame with my favorites being brian adams and Corey hart and and uh i guess at that time it would have been michael jackson and madonna like there was just a lot more artists out there back in the 80s i still miss the 80s sometimes for the the ingenuity and the creativity. Yeah. No, I would agree. I think, you know, I was, um, of course, in the, I was into country music in the early 80s. And I don't know if I've told you this. The, I was into country music in the early 80s because I thought that Barry Manilow was country. I want you to think about that. <laughs> <laughs> Barry Manilow country. No, I, I told my sister that. And my sister's five years older than me. And she's like, how are you, my brother? 
what what genre would he even be he's almost like smooth something yeah he's pop i guess but uh i don't know have you um we may as well just explore this tangent this is way too much fun um have you heard of yacht rock no so yacht rock that sounds that sounds like something off planet earth I don't know what that is, um, other than I live there. But um, uh, yacht rock is kind of a—it's a reference to like Hall and Oates and some and um, you don't know me, I'm your brother. Who's the, uh, what's his name? So you're talking like you're talking easy listening. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they call but uh, there's, they refer to it as yacht rock. You know, like I'm on a yacht and I'm sailing and I'm listening to the easy listening music. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, then you're going right into um, like pre Miami Vice. Right, because Miami Vice was cool, so it had to be before it was. that. Well, and it ha- yeah, that's why I said pre. Right, because yeah, Miami Vice made yacht rock cool. <laughs> sure, sure, it did. <laughs> well, it was it was sort of like the the A Team era, you know, when you had like the eighties pop hits. Yeah, you know the song openings and stuff like that. I'm not sure why we're going on this tangent. But. I don't know, but it's just, you know, it's because it's been a while since we chatted. So, um, and yeah, we started by talking about Wham. Yeah. And artist. I had, for some reason, I have Rick Astley in my head. No, don't. Oh, you just Rick rolled me. <laughs> Never going to give you up. Never going to let you down. I, and he's still spinning the same tune. Yeah, it, well, you know, you got to ride that wave, man. If you if you make a comeback because you become uh, uh, an article associated with uh, cultural, you know, as a cultural reference, man, you just enjoy mm-hmm. that because people are buying that stuff. So anyway, well, and and I thought he was a black man on radio. Oh, did you? I really did. Now, <laughs> when I found out that he was a a white British guy with red hair. I was totally mortified. Yeah, ginger. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Exactly. Yeah, so that was uh, <clears throat> that was early 90s, wasn't it? Yeah, that was like 93, 94 time frame. Mhm. Yeah, it was just after that would be the um Robin Hood movie that came out. What? Prince of Thieves? Um yeah, the the um Brian Adams cuz I was a Brian Adams fan. Oh yeah. Everything I do I do for you. Yes. Yes, we used to make fun of that song in music theory class because it's one of the worst chord progressions known to man. Oh, yeah. Um, sorry, sorry, Brian. Um, we do appreciate... Okay, my favorite Brian Adams song is Heaven. Oh, yeah. I think that's, that's a, a great, great song. song. Um, and that's... Well, Run Run to You is, is a legendary r- guitar riff, but it's, it's, it's not about love. <laughs> I mean, it's about cheating, but... Oh, yeah. I don't know. I don't listen to the words in his songs other than like heaven. That was my favorite song that he did. Um, and I think it was cause it was in that movie, real genius. If anybody remembers that mm. movie with Val Kilmer and nobody else that anybody knows. I think I watched it because it was Val Kilmer, but I don't remember it. Yeah, it was, it was a good movie. You should, you should watch Wasn't it. Wasn't he on Top Gun? Yeah. Yeah. That's, but he was not cool in a ice kind of way. In, in, oh, okay. in real genius, he was cool in a ridiculously smart, taken on the man kind of way. So um, I see. I, I would encourage people to rediscover that movie because then you will understand what it meant to be a nerd in the eighties, which I was. <laughs> yep. Well, 
we could go on and on and on, Joe. <clears throat> well, let's let's talk about new music before we get to our interview because I wanted to talk about an album that's coming out in like a week and a half that I'm really enjoying. If you don't mind, yeah, go for yeah, it. Yeah, um, you guys remember Ellie Holcomb, who we interviewed uh, two years ago. She had uh, her debut album. No, three years. Good gracious, three years ago, uh, her debut mm-hmm. album came out. Uh, and um, her her sophomore album is coming out. It's um, called Red Sea Road, and okay. um, it took me a while to figure out what the the reference the title was. But it's effectively like um, when you find yourself uh, like in a position where you have no place else to go, um, that God will create a Red Sea Road, right? A road. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah. I. I I'm a big fan of uh, Ellie's music anyway. And I think she's, um, she's really um, a very vulnerable and uh, a v- vulnerable artist that comes out in her lyrics and also her delivery. And uh, I was listening to that album today, the preview that we got and I mm-hmm. kid you not. And this just shows you what a sentimental dork I am or whatever. But I, I'm at my desk at work listening to music and I'm starting to tear up listening to a song and I'm like, Oh, Oh boy. Uh, but then I'm like, I got a tweet about this. This is so good. Uh, but anyway, that album's coming out. It's called Red Sea Road and I'll probably do a review of it, but it's, um, first album I've been uh, excited about, uh, this year, you know, now that we're 18 whole days into it. Um, right. Well, and she's, you know, as an artist, she's got some depth. Um, I think she's, she's earned her place on her own, even though she's what Brown Bannister's daughter. Yeah. And then her husband, and, Drew Holcomb, and the neighbors. Yeah, he was a well-known artist already. Yeah. So um, she's definitely earned her own place with her her abilities. I don't think it's just, you know, hanging off the coattails of being, you know, around the industry. No, no. She is a talent in her own right. And there's some great co-writers. Our friend Krista Wells helped co-write a few of those songs. And uh, I know some of the inspiration came from uh, some reading she did of Emily Freeman, who was one of our uh, previous guests. So it's kind of interesting how mm-hmm. these things all come together. But look for that. That's, I believe that's coming out a week from Friday, which is, uh, let me see, can I do math days? The 18th, 19th, 20th, 27th. So I think it's out on the 27th of this month. So look for that. Okay. Look for that. Is that a, a label release or independent? I believe that's an independent release. So forgive, forgive me for not knowing. I just listened to it. Uh, I don't mm. think much about the labels, um, but I should because the labels are our friends sometimes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I feel like we're on WKRP in Cincinnati now. Yeah. Yeah. Who would you be? <laughs> I really thought that turkeys could fly. Could fly. Yeah. Because <laughs> God is my witness. <laughs> Folks, that's one of my favorite television moments. I cried. I laughed so hard when I watched that episode. <laughs> that was that was the best. So well, I I loved that show so much when I was growing up that my fake name on the internet is Les Nesman. Really? Yeah, I use that as my if if I need a name, and I don't want it to be my actual personal name. That's my. That's my alter ego, is Les Nesman. Perfect. I, I don't think you look anything like him, but that's great. I would be Herb. I'd probably Herb. You know, I just realized that Herb we're like 11 Tarlick. minutes in, and uh, I said, <laughs> let's do six. So uh, we should get to the interview. We've got uh, an interview with a lovely young lady who we've actually talked to before from Wyoming, uh, Skylar Kalin. And she has uh, been out promoting her third album, uh, this only at uh, 
not even quite 20 years old. I think she's 20 as of now. So, mm-hmm. uh, boy, she's she's been working. She's an ambitious young lady, and she's doing good work. Uh, and I caught up with her in uh, beginning of November, uh, just uh, shortly after the album, her uh, third album was released. Yeah, and she she sounds very young. I mean, obviously, we have children that her yeah. are near around her age, so we can say that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, she definitely has a tenacity and uh, is getting herself out there. So uh, why don't we dive right into the interview with Joe Brookhouse and Skylar Kalin. Hey everybody, it's Joe from Frequency. Time for another Amped interview, and we are bringing back to the program an artist that we spoke to, gosh, it's been almost two years ago, and uh, she was the uh, the subject of one of our first Amped interviews. That's Skylar Kalin, uh, singer-songwriter out of Wyoming, and mm-hmm. her third album, This Is Love, was released on October 7th of this year, 2016. So welcome back, Skylar. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. You bet. Well, before we go too far in the interview, just one thing I wanted to throw out was to mention that I'm really proud, happy to see that the Wyoming Cowboys upset Boise State last weekend. <laughs> I wondered if, if you wanted to, to talk anything about the game, your thoughts about the safety that won it for the Pokes or anything along those lines. Um, <laughs> you can say no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then no. <laughs> I know okay. nothing about football, which is terrible because my brother plays football for um, – Black Hill State University in Spearfish. So I just keep up with if he won or not. <laughs> and that's that makes you a good sister. And yes, that's all that just matters. For, for the sake of folks listening, I, I went ahead and made sure up front that uh, Skylar knew nothing about football so that when I <laughs> threw that question out, it, would, it uh, wouldn't go anywhere whatsoever. But <laughs> what people are going to care about, let's talk about the album, uh, This Is Love. And uh, I'm going to be kind of obvious here, but it would seem like the theme of this album is the title itself. Is that accurate? Yeah, it's actually very accurate for everything kind of in my life right now. And when I was gathering together the songs that I wanted to have for a third album, I was looking through them all and I'm like, you know, this is kind of cool because I have about half song, half of the songs that will be on it are all love songs. And then the other half is just, you know, about God's love for us, our love for him and, and uh, working that out in our faith, you know. And so I thought it'd be really cool because I also had a song called This Is Love. So I'm like... I could just name it This Is Love. And it actually goes right along with, um, I just got engaged last month as well. So, <laughs> so Congratulations. it all works out. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I think you've shared his name and enough about him on social media yeah. that um, we could probably talk a little bit about him if, if you want to. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I could tell you that as I listened to the album, it was very hard for me to separate the fact that I knew you just got engaged from the fact that there was uh, this theme of love that was running through the album. Yeah. Um, but as I read up a little bit about what was influencing the album, um, this if I'm right, there's only a couple of songs that are specifically about that relationship, and you're really yeah. exploring love and from a, a few different angles, lest yeah. anybody think that it's all about you and your love right. life or anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there's only two songs on there that are actually about Jason and I, and the other songs, there's one that I wrote for my best friend's wedding that was two years ago. And there was another one I wrote for my aunt's baby shower that was about four years ago. 
Um, so it was kind of like a culmination of songs that I'd written about people who are close to me and, and kind of like their stories in my song kind of as a gift to them. And so, yeah, I wanted to put it all together with um, the theme of the song This Is Love, too, along with my songs about Jason. So <laughs> Right. So your fiancé's name is Jason. So yep. if anybody feels the need to uh, social media stalk him, <laughs> um, never mind. You could just everybody let that go. Let that go. Well, um, one of the songs that actually maybe not specifically about love, but one that resonated with me in particular uh, is "Where Your Kingdom Starts." Mm. I wondered if you could take a minute and describe to me where that song comes from and what you want people to take from that. Yeah, I would love to. Actually, I'm pulling out my notebook right now because I always forget the guy's name. That kind of sparks the idea for the song so I'm looking that up right now but that song is actually I mean it sounds really weird to say that one of my songs is my favorite song on my album but <laughs> but it is it, that's, that's one of my favorite songs because it, it was it had a very special purpose to me it still does so a little bit of the story behind this song is I went to um, a, a songwriting conference in Nashville it was maybe four was it four years ago it was in 2013, so three years ago. I went to this songwriting conference, and it was right at the beginning of my career of actually traveling with my music. So I, I only had my first album out at that point, and I was struggling a little bit, honestly. I was really struggling with where my purpose was, kind of like what my why was in, in sharing my music. And so we went to the songwriting conference, and... That alone was a little bit of a struggle as well because there were so many, so many talented people there. And actually yeah. the point the point of this conference was for them to kind of find the new greatest like worship leader. And so all in all, it really wasn't the right conference for me either, but I gained so much out of it and the Lord taught me so much. So um, during one of the morning devotions throughout this week, there was a guy named Mike Harland. And he was doing oh, I know devotions. Mike Harland. Do you? Yeah, Do you yeah really? he's uh, Lifeway, Lifeway Worship, yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. that's so funny. Well, he he totally inspired your favorite song on my album. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's perfect. It's so cool. So he was speaking, doing this devotion, and what he said to me, I have it written down right here, he said, well, he didn't say it to me, but <laughs> he said, God will bring you to the end of your skill because that's where his kingdom begins. He will stir a tempest to show you the end of your skill. Um, another thing he said is when you walk through a door, you take all the credit, but when God pushes you through a door, you tremble, you know? Um, so when wow, it's something yeah. that's of God, it's something that you're inca incapable of doing, which is where the beauty of it sparks from, you know? Because something that I like to talk about with this song at my concerts is that we will try so hard to fight for our own cause. That's how it starts out is it says um, we fight, but it's hard to just give in. And what that means is that exactly that we will fight for what we want and what, what purpose we have in our mind for something. But we won't just give in to what God wants for our lives because because we want what we want, you know? And that causes our hearts to be heavy because we have this desire when all we really have to do is give it up to God. And He has something so much more 
amazing and powerful planned for us, something that we couldn't even have imagined was better than what we wanted. But all we have to do is lay down our pride and lay down our life, offer ourselves as living sacrifices to the Lord, because that's where His kingdom starts. His work doesn't start when I get better at playing guitar or when I take more vocal lessons or when I write a good song, you know? That's not, that glorifies me if that's what I'm going to pursue. So this song is all about once I can get to the end of the point where I'm like, where, where I feel like I need the glory, then that's where the glory goes to God. That's where his kingdom starts. So that's kind of the background to this song. And I'm really, really glad that you like it because it, it's kind of like my pride and joy on this album because it was actually the only song that I've been able to write that when I wrote it, I could hear all the other music in my head because usually I don't do that because all I can hear is my voice and my guitar and that's all I know of the song. Um, But this one, it was so cool to take it to our producers and they, I communicated a little bit of what I wanted and it came out exactly what I wanted it to be. So that's, that's God, and I love it so much. So I'm glad you enjoy it. Oh, good. I'm glad I asked about it. I like how <laughs> um, these these communities. It doesn't matter if you're in, you know, if you're in the middle of Wyoming or you're in yeah. Oregon or or Vermont or Nashville. Um, you know, it's uh, it's actually a relatively small community. And, yeah. Um, yeah. Mike Harlan's really a great is. leader. He's done some some great stuff, and I really appreciate what he shares. That's uh, and awesome. So how? Um, now you wrote the song. And obviously that what Mike said spoke to you mm-hmm. um, in terms of your life and your career. How are you applying that uh, to yourself right now? Well, it I mean, that doesn't just apply, like you said, to my career. And um, it, it doesn't just apply to my music. It it applies to every part of my life. It, it applies to my relationship with my parents, with my family and and with my friends, because even in those aspects of our lives, we, you know, God has given us all unique talents and unique abilities. But actually something that Chris August was saying um, about two weeks ago, because I opened up for Chris August and Johnny Diaz in Vermont. Yeah. And I did a, uh, a, what was it called, a meet and greet with them, which was really cool because I've only ever watched, like I've been part of the crowd to see Chris August do a meet great so it was really really neat to be a part of doing it with him (laughs) so but something he was saying is we all have unique talents um skills and abilities but really god calls us all to the same exact thing he calls us to spread the gospel whether that's in our families or in our friend group at our church in our community in our country or, or in a different country you know we're all called to spread the love of God, to share the gospel. That's what God calls us to. But He gives us different ways to do that. And so a way that I'm able to to do that is by sharing my music with people and writing songs that, that prayerfully impact people. Um, other ways that people can do that, I mean, for example, my sister, she does art. She likes art. She's, she likes painting and drawing and coloring. And that's a way that you can share the gospel as well through picture or um, my mom has a doTERRA and even through something like that, you can share the good news of Jesus with people with one-on-one stuff by the gifts that God has given you. And so you really have to keep all of that in check though, because like I said, it can't just be that you are good at what you do and you take all the glory for it because that's, 
that's so often kind of how it happens. You know, after a concert, people come up to my table and they, they tell me that I have a beautiful voice and that I'm a great songwriter and that I, I play guitar well. You know, you get all those compliments, but you really have to keep your guard up against what you're good at as well. Because you have to remember that you might be good at it, but it's the Lord. The Lord gave you that gift, and you're supposed to give it back to Him and not not keep it with a closed fist, you know. You're supposed to use it to give to other people and give back to God. And so, yeah, like I said, it, it just applies to every area of your life. Um, I love talking about relationships. And so when I get together with friends sometimes, that's something that I really enjoy to do is I love giving them advice and I love praying for them. Um, and it's the same thing. You really have to get to the point where it needs to be not of yourself, but it needs to all be of the Lord because He's the one who wants to reach those people in whatever area of life you're in. He's the one that is going to be growing His kingdom on this earth through us. And so it it's really a matter of every day waking up, no matter what you're going to be doing that day, and saying, Lord, my life is yours. Everything in it is yours. You do with it what you will, and I will follow, you know? Yeah. Those are excellent words. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Well, let me, uh, let's talk about the album a little more. Um, yeah. Uh, I think last album you worked with producer Eric Copeland, but yeah. um, Eric's cool. Yeah, it really is. But um, this time you um, you were paired up with producer Riley Friesen. And mm -hmm. I'm wondering if you'd tell me a little bit, uh, as you did with your last album, tell me a little bit about the music making process for This Is Love and maybe how it might have differed from your previous efforts. Yeah, so we we really enjoyed our experience with Eric Copeland and Creative Soul Records. They were so good to us, and we were beyond grateful for them. And so the reason we didn't go with them wasn't because of anything that was wrong with them. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, yeah. We actually were planning on making the third album with them, but we had met this other guy named Riley Friesen. We met him through my fiance's band, actually, because the the second time that I went on tour with the band, and it was actually around the same time that I met Jason, um, Riley was actually on tour with them because he was songwriting with the lead singer of Jason's band. Um, Do you so, want to get a shout out there for Jason's band real quick? Yeah, yeah. If you guys don't know of Bread of Stone, they are awesome. Look up their music. They're actually doing some stuff with, um, they just made a debate video, kind of like, kind of correlated with the fact that the election's going to be happening um, pretty soon. What so. election? What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. But they made a, kind of a funny video out of that. So definitely look up their music, look them up on Facebook, and you'll be seeing that video pretty soon. They they just have amazing hearts and I mean I guess I'm a little biased but I just love them. They they have awesome gifts and they use them for the glory of God and and it just impacts so many people. So look them up. They're awesome. They're called Bread of Stone. All right, I'll, I'll look them up and share some links with folks when we post uh, post your interview. Awesome. That'll be great. But anyway, you were talking about Riley Friesen. I interrupted you. No, that's okay. So. I was on tour with them when Riley was on tour writing with the lead singer. And so, you know, when we would get together and we would all have dinner, I, I went and sat next to Riley. It, it, I just thought maybe I should go meet this guy that I've never met before <laughs> because sure. I'm with him anyway, so why not? So I sat down and talked with him for a little while. I found out he's actually a homeschooler from Nebraska. So, <laughs> so okay. we kind of were, we were able to connect kind of just with that. It gave us a common ground. Um, 
got to talk a little bit about where we were from and how we grew up and what he does now. And so it actually turned out that one of the times that he flew to Sioux City where uh, Bread of Stone is located to continue writing and making Bread of Stone's new album, Jason was actually taking him back to the airport for him to fly back to Nashville. And Jason showed him my last album that I did with Eric Copeland. And Riley, he just said that Jason passed on his comments, um, saying that he was really excited and he would love to see what he could do with my music and what he could do um, just to challenge me with my voice and, and make my music even better than it, than it is now. And so that, of course, kind of sparked my interest, you know. So yeah. we went back and forth and we talked with him for a little bit and we prayed about it and just decided God wants us to go forward with this. And I was... I was really excited because it keeps up kind of the scene in my life of doing it different every time. And it doesn't mean that any of the other times are bad. It's just a new experience, you know? So, so a little bit of a difference with the process was that I actually got to be there in the studio while we were building the songs. I got to kind of have a little bit more input because I was in person. You know what I mean? Oh, because yeah. with, with my last album, we were so blessed to be able to do everything over Skype until I needed to go record my vocals, which took us about a week. And, and really that was a huge blessing. And so this time, you know, at this point I'm graduated, I kind of have more time. I'm doing more concerts. So I'm, I'm also stretching myself with my writing. So it was really fun to be there and create music with them and, and go different directions with them, you know? So that was kind of what was different between that and my last album. So it was fun. It was a new experience. And um, I guess kind of the process of making each song is before we went to Nashville and we would sit in, in the studio and create this album, Riley and we, we were actually working with Riley Friesen and the Hit Lab. Um, yeah. Nathan, mm -hmm. Nathan Dansler is the guy that's with the Hit Lab. And so it was both of them the whole time. So they would kind of start a basis for the songs. I would send them just a scratch vocal recording of my guitar and I playing the song, and they would try to kind of build a basis of it so that when we got there, we weren't just starting from scratch. You know, we had a little bit of a direction to go. So the first time when we went in March, um, we did a song a day. So we were there for a total of three whole days, um, and we got each each song done within that day and then when we went in august it was the same thing we would do one song every day and so the process of that we would get up and go in to the studio we would already have a basis for the song you know a little bit to kind of give us a head start um and then we would go to the studio and we would kind of sit there and we would listen to a lot of it and riley and nathan would be throwing around a lot of different ideas they would throw out ideas try them and maybe they didn't work so we would think of something else there was multiple times I got to play the banjo, which was neat because I've never played the banjo before. <laughs> and I mean, these guys were amazingly talented because they would pick up any instrument that was in the room and play what sounded right for the song, you know? So there was a lot of brainstorming that went on the entire time we were in, in there every day. So the whole first half of the, half of the day was, was basically that. It was brainstorming and building the song, building the track. Um, playing our instruments or creating them on the computer. Lots of brainstorming, lots of coffee, lots of going to the bathroom, <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> lots of water. 
so that was a lot of fun. We got to go and kind of, my mom would go grab lunch from somewhere and then we would take a break and we would eat it and we would chat. And so it was just a really neat environment to be in. It was a lot of fun. And then the second half of the day, once we would get most of what I wanted for the track for the song to sound like, then he would set up their microphone. And it, it was kind of cool because instead of going into a whole completely separate room where I was just separate from everybody, they actually had it on a stand where the mic comes up and then they have, um, I'm not smart enough to know what it's called, but they have that sound foam <laughs> that came like around my head, you know, around the microphone. Yeah. And yeah. so so that was kind of cool too because in that way I was still able to be there with them in the room, talking to them, brainstorming more ideas hearing their ideas, you know, without having to push a button. <laughs> so we would set up the microphone and get everything ready, make sure everything was quiet. And, you know, we would turn the air conditioning off, which was usually my favorite part because Riley likes his house cold and I would be freezing the first half of the day. <laughs> um, which I joked around with him. I was like, you need to call your studio, the, the freezing studios, because I was freezing. <laughs> gotcha. Anyways, that, um, that was corny. That was corny. Know, but we're gonna we're gonna give you that. It's a knee slapper. I know. <laughs> but the, it was just part of that. The whole making of this album was just fun. It really was fun. It was a lot of work. Um, once we would leave Nashville after having my vocals, everything I needed to put into this, and they would continue tweaking things, mastering things, getting levels right. You know, there would be a lot of sending it back and forth. Um, I would listen through it and basically like really really hard critique my songs which i love i love listening to song mul songs multiple times and kind of picking out different things about it and really analyzing it so it was perfect to do that for my own song and basically after i was home and they would send me that they would say okay you can be as picky as you want to be so all i would have to do is tell them the exact time in the song whatever word that I said or whatever sound that I heard that maybe I wanted to try a different take that we had for it. So then that was kind of the third step of the process for me was um, critiquing it and fine tuning it and making it perfect. And after that, then it was just them mastering it, mixing and mastering that. And I know that there's a lot that goes into that, but, but I don't know what it is, you know, but um, they, they just worked really hard on, getting this exactly how they liked it and exactly how I wanted it. And it was just an absolutely fun process. I enjoyed every second of it. And Nathan and Riley were amazing to work with. So it was really fun to make this album. It was definitely Very made with cool. love. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for walking us kind of through that journey. A lot yeah. of us, you know, we, we hear the fruits of your labor, but don't necessarily understand how those pieces all come together. So I think it's nice for folks, um, whether um, uh, you're a uh, somebody who just appreciates music or whether you're an artist yourself who mm -hmm. hasn't necessarily been through that process to hear what that's like. And um, I know that, you know, in the course of making albums, things have been, you know, a little different for you each time. Mm -hmm. um, actually, you know, we've mentioned this is your third album quite a few albums to make when you're 19, just getting ready to turn 20. Mm -hmm. But so if you looked uh, objectively back to the first album that you made a few years ago and the growth that you've experienced since that time, since that time, what stands out to you the most right now? Wow. Well, there, it's actually been kind of fun to get this third album out and actually talk about the differences between all the albums, which I shared a little bit about that, you know, a couple minutes ago about the difference yeah. between the first or the third and the second. And um, 
the first album was definitely a lot different from both of these as well. They've all been their own unique experience, which I'm very grateful for. Um, I feel like the most growth has actually come from knowing what I want and trusting the Lord. Um, because I went into making the first album, not really understanding how any of it was done because I've never done it before. So that's okay. You know, it was a first experience. So I, I wasn't really sure what I wanted, what I wanted my music to sound like, what, um, basically that I didn't, I didn't understand what was right for my music and, and how we were supposed to go about that. And so I just kind of nodded my head to a lot of stuff and, and maybe we would try something and then I wouldn't like it. And then I would feel stuck because I'm like, well, I told them, yes, you know, I didn't know. So that, that, yeah, that experience really kind of pushed me to start learning how to not at all be arrogant. That's not it at all. But just understanding what to say yes to and what to say no to. And that all involves a lot of prayer, you know? And even with just my opinion, because there was stuff that with this last album, we would get, get a song back and listen through something. And there was stuff that I didn't like and my mom liked, or there was stuff that my mom didn't like and I liked. And so um, my parents were the executive producers of the project, by the way. So, (laughs) (laughs) and their input matters to me anyway. So, you know, we would have to go back and forth between that and because it's not, it's not just my project. It can't be that selfish kind of atmosphere. All of these projects have really involved so many people and my parents have been with me every single step. And I've learned that I need to also trust their advice, even if it's something that I don't necessarily agree with at this moment. But if I can find the time to pray about it and find the time to see eye to eye with them or eye to eye with Riley and Nathan, um, and kind of get ourselves on the same track, then there is a lot of, of trusting the Lord and learning how to trust Riley and Nathan, learning how to trust Eric Copeland when we did the second album, and just right. knowing that they are also um, on their, they're also working on glorifying the Lord with what they do as well. So like with, with the second album, with this third album, it was also neat to be able to have so many other people who put their talent, you know, sprinkled all over every one of these songs and all the, the album artwork and, and just everything that goes into it that kind of shows off their talents and their abilities as well. So it was kind of, I mean, I was young when I started my first project. I'm still young. <laughs> so, Fair enough, yeah. So between all these three albums, it's definitely a huge growing season in my life. So, yeah, it was it was a lot of learning what to say yes to, how to say no, how to think for myself and um, understand what I want. And yeah, how to trust the Lord, how to work with other people. That's a really important, um, important thing to know how to do. Because when you're working with, I mean, I was working with Riley and Ethan and my mom and my dad, who we all have the things that we like about stuff. And so sometimes you have to learn to appreciate what they like about it and the fact that they, they cherish that, you know, or cherish their opinions. You know, because they matter as well. It's not just my opinion that matters because I'm the voice on the album. So, oh well, man. As long as, uh, as long as your mom or dad aren't pushing you to make your album sound like Def Leppard, which is, 
I think you're probably okay. And do you even know who Def Leppard is? I've heard of him, but I've never listened to any. Yeah, no. <laughs> okay, now Def Leppard is probably the, the music your parents were listening to in high school because ah. when I was in Wyoming going to high school, that's mm-hmm. what people were listening to. Really? Um, yeah, so oh, uh, at least if your parents aren't pushing you to listen to De- uh, to make your album sound like Def Leppard, that means they're <laughs> they're probably doing okay in terms of not forcing you to uh, recreate the music of their uh, their youth. So, <laughs> well, you'll okay. be happy to hear that's not the case. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let your mom know that I asked her about I will. that. Uh, I will. She, she may appreciate it. Uh, well, the last question I have is really more of kind of a random question I wanted to throw out. But yeah. uh, in, in terms of um, share with me uh, in terms of whether it's music, movies, TV, what's a guilty pleasure right now that uh, you're enjoying along those lines? Something that um, you wouldn't necessarily want everybody to know that you're listening to Barry Manilow or oh, something like something along those lines. Anything, okay. Or you can just tell me um, what music is currently um, you're queuing up the most on whichever listening devices you're preferred. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll start with that. Um, okay. I actually, I just bought Unspoken's new album. They just came out with a new one recently as well. And if you haven't heard of them or if you haven't heard this album, go look it up because it's amazing. It is. Just, <laughs> I mean, all of their songs are. They have their own like texture, their own style, and oh, I've just been enjoying the heck out of them. So. I guess that's what's current in the Skylar Kuhn playlist. Um, um, something you might not know about me, especially going into kind of the, the winter season where Christmas music starts coming out. My favorite Christmas album every year, it hasn't, hasn't changed. My favorite Christmas album is Justin Bieber's Christmas album, actually. So <laughs> we might have to, we might have to cut that. Uh. <laughs> It's true. Yeah. I don't. I don't know what it is, but I just love it. And and I appreciate you sharing that because the reason you share guilty pleasure is so that people can judge you. And um, that's, that's I'm, right. Yeah. And I'm ready. To, I'm ready to do that right now. Oh, so. well, that's good. Thank you for for being ready to do this. You know, I appreciate it. It boosts my my self esteem. <laughs> maybe maybe the opposite. It helps me stay humble. <laughs> There you go. Well, and I've never yeah. listened to it, so I don't know. My my favorite Christmas album came out before I was born. Oh, really? So, uh, yeah, Andy Williams' Christmas. Your parents probably don't even know what that is. Oh. I think that came out in like 68. Oh, my word. Like I know, so long ago. But, <laughs> but you like it. We'll have to look it up. Well, sure. Yeah, it's just one of those albums that, as a kid uh, that we used yeah. to listen to uh, and run around to pretend like we were Rudolph and yeah. the reindeer run around the house. So there's there's uh, our kind of random thoughts to finish on today. But yeah. um, well, I appreciate your time today, and I want to encourage folks to check out your album. This is love. It came out again on October seventh. It's available on iTunes, and I imagine just any place where you can download music. Mm-hmm. We try to encourage people to go ahead and buy the music. I know that you can stream it, but yep. go ahead and stream it if you want. But remember, you know, if you're not aware. Artists don't see very much of the streaming revenue. So if you appreciate an artist and you really like what um, Skyler is presenting on this album, invest a few bucks in there and uh, help support some some excellent Christian artists. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you. Any last words uh, before we uh, we cut you off? I don't think so. I just really appreciate you having me back on the show and talking with you is always a pleasure and had a lot of fun. Thank you for letting me share about my album and I hope that that you have been enjoying it and that anyone who else listens to it, I hope they'll enjoy it too. So thank you for the opportunity to share about it. You bet. Very good. 
Well, thanks, Joe, for that interview. Um, it was actually interesting uh, listening to her totally freak out when she found out that you knew somebody that she knew. Yeah, yeah, Mike, Har- Mike Harland. Let's try that again. Mike Harland. <laughs> Uh, yeah. yeah, from Lifeway. Uh, I don't know if Mike would remember me, but he and I have interacted a few times. And uh, talented guy, uh, project manager for the uh, Lifeway, actually. Uh, Mike was the project manager for the new uh, Baptist hymnal that uh, oh, well, about okay. nine years ago, which was when it was released. But it was a huge, huge project, and they did a remarkable job with it. Many of you probably have hymnals that were the result of that project in your church, because it was released both as the Baptist hymnal and they also did it as the worship hymnal. Uh, so anyway, yeah. I thought that was really cool. I think, I think that's on my shelf behind my desk, uh, to be honest. Oh, there you go. Thanks, Mike. Shout out to Mike. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll tag him in uh, when we're promoting the album, and he'll go, why, why am I part of this podcast? <laughs> yeah, and do I want to have to listen to the whole thing just to find the reference? Yes, you do, Mike. Yeah. Yes, you do. <laughs> So what's coming up on the next episode, man? (laughs) Yeah, switching gears entirely, um, we're going to um, an author from uh, Canada, an independent author who who actually got signed. And that was part of our conversation was, how in the world do you get signed as an author? Like, how do you get your stuff out there? And on top of that, he he had an artist um, come up with a... um, a way to do an audiobook and a visual representation while he read the book. Um, it was interesting how he did it. So anyways, we talk about that in the next interview. Uh, his name is Greg Goldie, and uh, look for that very shortly. Cool. Thanks, Dan. Everybody, All right. make sure you catch up with us on social media. You know where to find us. If not, just go to the, uh, the post and you'll see our links. But it's Frequency.fm. You know who we are. Exactly. Exactly. Bye for now. Take care, guys. Bye.